Well, good morning, everybody. Are you doing all right today? It's good to have you here, those of you that are in this room, and everyone who is online, which we know is a huge group of people from here at The Journey. Uh, we are so glad that you are hanging out with us this morning. Hey, uh, if this is your first time here, make sure that you fill out that connection card. Uh, if you're here in the room, you can take a picture of that QR code in front of you. Fill that out if you're at home. It should be there on your screen. Um, we just want to know who you are. We'd love to connect with you, see if you have any questions about the journey. Uh, it's, it's so important that, um, that you connect in, in, a, in a church family, and we think this place is a pretty good place to connect, and we hope you would do that today. And, and for everybody, we hope you'll be a part of our food distribution event on Thursday. Um, I think we're handing out a couple thousand boxes of food to local families again, and it's just a great way that we, we can serve our community and, and influence our community. So make sure you sign up for that. Just a couple hours. It's not the whole day. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be like 50 degrees or something. It's like summer already. So uh, we hope that you will do that this week with us. Today we continue our series called The R Word, and um, if you haven't been with us, you may be thinking to yourself, what dirty word is the R Word? Well, the dirty word that's the R Word is the word relationships, and, and we, we're calling that a dirty word because relationships are, are continually strained. And, and then you throw in this pandemic, and I mean, there are just all these, these stressors on every relationship that, that we have. And so there's all kinds of different relationships in our life, but we've been focusing on dating relationships the first week. Last week, we talked about marriage relationships. Next week, we're going to talk about family relationships and extended family relationships. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about parenting relationships. Uh, because if you've got kids right now, you know how hard parenting was pre-COVID, and then you throw this pandemic into the mix, and you really know how hard parenting is right now. And so we're going to spend our time talking about parenting. So maybe, maybe you don't have kids. Well, hey, guess what? If you want to have kids in the future, biological kids, adopted kids, stepkids, whatever it may be, man, this, this series or what we're going to talk about today is for you. It's for you if you've got young kids or teenage kids, even if your kids are like long gone. Uh, there's going to be elements we're going to talk about this morning that will connect with you too. But when we think about parenting, parenting actually begins before we have kids. Because before we have kids, we're all experts, right? So you go out to the restaurant, uh, you go to the park, you're at the grocery store, maybe you show up at church and, 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 and you watch these parents with their kids and you're like, who are these people? I mean, can't they control their kids? Why are their kids screaming? And why are they yelling? And why are they causing problems? And why are they running around? I mean, these, these parents are terrible. And then you say those famous last lines, right? When I'm a parent, I will never be that way. And I remember saying that. I remember Karen and I saying that when we, uh, before we had kids. And then you have kids and you realize you're not an ex expert, <laughs> that it is actually pretty difficult because your kids are now running around and they're throwing temper tantrums in the middle of Target. And you're like, I'm doing my best. I'm trying to control them. And the people you feel like are looking at you and judging you. And you're like, oh, this parenting gig is actually pretty hard. But, you know, we, we watch movies where there are TV shows that we, we like to watch and, um, and, and they make it look easy. So, so this issue will kind of come up, this issue will arise, and, and mom and dad, they'll swoop right in. And that disaster, it's averted. 
there's this perfect ending in 22 minutes or 44 minutes, depending on the length of the TV show, or an hour and a half, two hours if it's a, it's a movie. And, and so they make it look easy, and so we think it's got to be easy. Or, or worse yet, we compare ourselves to other parents. We, we look at other parents around us, and we're like, man, look at their, look at their kids. They're quiet. They listen. They obey. Like, like what am I doing wrong? Don't ever compare yourself to other parents because for any parent, parenting is hard. It's difficult. It takes time. It takes lots of effort. And I will tell you this about parenting, that it can be one of the most rewarding things we ever do. But we have to realize what our goal is as parents. Our goal as parents is to make it so that our kids are less dependent on us and become fully dependent on God. And so we're going to take our time this morning kind of coming back to that idea that parenting is all about getting our kids to not be dependent on us anymore, but to be fully dependent on God. Now to do this, we're going to look at something that may seem a little obscure to talk about parenting. We're going to go back to the book of Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, we find Moses is talking to the Israelites, and this is what he says, and starting with verse 1. It says, These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy, and you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all these his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. If we look back at Deuteronomy chapter 5, we find that Moses actually brings all the Israelites together and um, he begins to retell them the story of, of how he got these Ten Commandments. And so he's talking about how this happened and, and, and why this was important. And, and then, he, then he says, hey, these are the Ten Commandments. So he shares that with him. He's like, this is a part of your past. This is, this is a part of your story now. These Ten Commandments are a part of your life. But if you look at what he says here, he says, these commands are for you. He said, these, these commands, they are important for you. Like, like, this is your starting point for your life. But notice he doesn't say this, the, the, these commands are only for you. Notice he says they're for you, but oh, by the way, they go beyond you. They go to your kids. But again, he, he doesn't stop there. He says they go to your grandkids. Moses is saying these commands, these decrees from God, they're for generations to come. But this starts with you. And if you want to live the life that God desires for you and for you and your family, this is where it all begins. And then he says this in verse 4. He says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. This morning what I want to do is I want to share with us four parenting skills. Now there's probably 750,000 of these skills that you can have. But I think these four are pretty important, especially if we say, hey, we're doing all we can to follow Jesus. And if we're a follower of Christ, uh, these are so important to our, our parenting uh, skills that we have and, and being a, a good parent when it comes to the relationship with our kids. And so here's parenting skill number one. Put God first. Put God first. F follow Jesus with, with all that you can. I, uh, we talked last week about the postures of marriage. We talked about the th these three postures of marriage, and 
I said the, the best posture is when we're face-to-face. And, and when we're face-to-face, there's this intimacy that uh, is created and built in, into this relationship. But if you notice, when we talked about it, I said that, that intimacy really comes when we put Jesus first. And then the, the first week we talked about dating, and I said, hey, if you're in the dating world, then one of the most important things that you can do, in fact, the most important thing you can do is put Jesus first in, in your life. That if you want to have healthy relationships, healthy dating relationships, put Jesus first. And then here we are talking about parenting, and the very first thing we're talking about here is saying is, we've got to put Jesus first. There's a pattern here, right? That, that if we want healthy relationships of any kind, that it's important that we put Jesus first in our life. And here's Moses who's saying, put God first. Make God central to who you are. And in fact, there, as uh, verse 4 begins, the Hebrew there actually says, Yahweh our God, Yahweh one. And so what that meant is Moses is here saying, hey, if you want to have this incredible life just in general, but, but if you want to lead well in your family, if you want to you know, be the person that God has created you to be, then God has got to be the focus of your life. And that means you fully have to worship God, not just for an hour on a Sunday morning. That's like every day. We're finding times to worship God. It means you pledge your allegiance to God. You're not pledging your allegiance to a nation. You're not pledging your allegiance to, to the Israelite nation. You're pledging your allegiance to God. And you're showing this affection that you have towards God by the way you live your life. So here's Moses who's saying God has got to be central. God has got to be your focus. You've got to put your, your faith in God, your trust in God, your love for God over everything else. The God's more important than how many cars you have or, or what kind of house you have or uh, how much money you have in your bank account or, or where your kids go to school. Like God is central. Those other things, they're not important. What's important is that you focus fully on who God is. And so this phrase that we just saw here, Yahweh our God, Yahweh one, actually became a prayer for the Israelites. And so they would say it two to three times a day. They would wake up in the morning, they would say it. Some would say it midday, uh, but everyone would say it right before they would go to bed at night. And again, it's a reminder to them that God is first in their life. And so every day you're saying this prayer over and over and over. Now, if you had kids, you would teach them this prayer. And so this would have been the first prayer that your children would have heard. This would have been the first prayer they would have learned. This would have been the first prayer they recited. This would have been the first prayer they began to fully understand. And so it just became a part of, of their custom and their culture. And again, who they are, or who they were, because they were always reminded that God was supposed to be first in their lives. If you want a starting point for being a good parent, then you have to ask yourself, how central is God in my life? How central is God in my life? I mean, do my kids know that God is important to me? Do, do my kids know that I'm doing everything I can to, to fully follow Jesus? Do my kids know this? Do they understand it? Do, do they see me making it important in my life? Or is it only important to me when I've got a little bit of time? Is it only important to me when I, I, I'm not very busy? Or when, when something bad happens, is that the only time I, I go and search for God? Do our kids know that, that our faith is important, that God is, is central? And maybe even a better question 
and a really hard question to answer is this one. Do I want my kids emulating my faith? And so when I begin to look at myself, do I want my kids to, to look like the follower of Jesus I'm trying to be? Or, or, or am I somebody totally different? Because God has got to be central in our lives. And when we answer those questions, we begin to know where we stand in, in our faith. Now let me just add this. Just because God is central in your life does not necessarily mean you're all of a sudden going to be a great parent, okay? Um, it takes work and it, it takes effort. Here's what this does for us. When times are tough, when, when, when it's hard to, to parent, when we're struggling, when we're looking for guidance and, and wisdom, when we have put God first in our life, we've got somewhere to go to. We've got somewhere to go to ask for that guidance, to ask for that wisdom. Honestly, sometimes to find the peace that we need as a parent. And definitely to be able to get the grace that we need as a parent too. But it begins by putting God first, doing all that we can to follow Jesus. Parenting skill number one. Moses continues on in verse 7. He says, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Some of you probably watched the uh, Netflix series, The Crown, and may be familiar with uh, Edward, Duke of Windsor, and know a little bit more about his story. He once said this uh, about American parents. He said, the thing that impresses me most about America is the way parents obey their children. Um, parents, sometimes we forget that we are in charge, all right? We forget that, that parenting is about leading our kids, that our job and our role is to focus on God and to let God lead us, and then from that to then lead our children. And so that begs the question, parents, who's the leader in your house? Is it you or is it your kids? Well, as a parent, if we want to parent well, we've got to lead well. And so as we look at this passage uh, of, of what Moses is saying here, I honestly see two ways that we can lead our children well. Parenting skill number two, you've got to lead your kids spiritually. Now, how does that begin? Well, it begins with what we just talked about. We've got to put God first in our life. We've got to make God the focus of our life. We've got to do all that we can to follow Jesus. And then from that, we can begin to lead spiritually. But, but if you, you go back and you look at these verses, these words that, that Moses said, he gives these instructions to parents specifically, right? And do you notice their action steps? He uses action words. He, he uses the word repeat. He uses the word talk. He uses the word tie. He, he says write. These are not passive statements about parenting. These are action words about what it means to parent our kids. But how much of our spiritual leadership within our home is, is actually passive? Probably a lot. I, I mean, honestly, we, we look at our calendar and we're too busy. Uh, we, we've got too much going on. Uh, maybe for some of us as parents, we feel like we don't know the Bible very well. and So we, we struggle with that. And, and so our idea of, of leading our kids spiritually is that we have this expectation for the church. 
that the church's role, the church's job is to train up our kids spiritually. I, I want to let you know today that the church is here as a supplement, not the sole builder of your kids' faith. It's a supplement. That, that what we do here at The Journey or what any church does, our job is not to be the sole builder of your kid's faith. That's your job as a parent. That's my job as a parent. The church's job is to supplement that, to help you along this journey that you're on. Uh, for instance, if we look at our Journey Kids program, um, pre-COVID, uh, if you were here, there were about 200 kids downstairs every single Sunday morning, and about 120, 130 volunteers throughout the day, just a, a part of, of what was happening. I mean, it was, it was controlled chaos, but it was definitely chaos. But, but what was happening at that point in these face-to-face -face interactions with kids, again, that was supplemental to you as the parent. And, and then as, as we all did, as the pandemic hit and uh, we all pivoted because pivot's the cool word to use today. We all pivoted to this new thing. And, and so now our Journey Kids, they, they put the, uh, the curriculum for preschool through sixth grade. It's all online. And the idea is that your kid watches it and that you as a parent get to then walk through that with them. Because your job is to disciple your kids. The church's job is to supplement what you're doing at home. And, and in fact, the curriculum they use is uh, called Orange Curriculum. And that's their whole idea. They want to help parents be better disciples of their children. And so we do it in Journey Kids. We do it in Journey Teens. Uh, they've been meeting on Sunday nights. They meet on Tuesday nights uh, with their, their Zoom call. They do some teaching there this past weekend or the last couple of days. They had a retreat here at the building. I think there were like 22 kids that were a part of that. Their job is to supplement what you're doing at, at home with your kids or what we should be doing at home with our kids. Now, that's the deal with the church. It's to supplement us as as parents and if you're relying on the church to grow your children spiritually you're missing the point the church supplements and the the parents they end up leading well how do we lead spiritually uh, are we spending time reading the bible are we spending time praying are we are we serving our community? Are we making a difference in the lives of other people? If we are fully following Jesus spiritually ourselves, then that will just kind of ooze out of us, and our kids will see that. And if we're growing spiritually, then we can lead our kids spiritually too. Moses says, your faith cannot be passive. It's got to be active. And to lead our kids spiritually means we are actively doing that with our children. So parenting skill number two, lead spiritually. And then parenting skill number three, lead relationally. Uh, if you go back and you look at verses seven through nine, you, you look at these words that, that Moses uses here. And I just said this, they're action words, but they're also relational words. Repeat. Repeat means that you're with your kids. You're, you're having a conversation with them. Talk. That, again, the talking to them means that you are, you're spending time with them to have this conversation. Tie them. Now, uh, I'm not going to go to detail there. I know that sounds kind of weird. They would tie God's word around their, their wrist and, and on their forehead. They were called phylacteries, and uh, you can go read that. It starts with a PH, not an F, um, if you want to get more information on that. But this was important. It was keeping God's word close to you. And then, then, again, writing these words. These are all about connecting with your kids. The, the, these words are all about building this relationship with, with your kids. But I know sometimes that's pretty difficult to do. That's hard to do. 
Uh, Mark Twain once famously said, when they are 13, put them in a barrel and nail the lid shut, then feed them through the knot hole. When they are 16, plug the knot hole. Now parents, none of us would really like to do that to our kids, right? I mean, maybe a little bit. But anyway, because sometimes our kids are really hard to be around. Sometimes it's so hard to be around our kids. Um, they, they talk back to us, or they don't talk to us, or, or they call us names, or, or they tell us that they, they hate us. Uh, they won't clean up the dishes. Uh, they won't clean up the room. Uh, they won't take a shower. You, you put in there whatever it is for you and, and, and your kids. I mean, there's a struggle that is there when it comes to, to our kids. And, and that's not even talking about throwing this pandemic on top of all that. I mean, there was already tensions there with, with children before, and now it's just kind of been, been blown up in, in, in our face. But even when those times are hard to be around our kids, even when your son won't take a shower for five days, uh, even when your daughter smells like she fell in a vat of Bath and Body Works vanilla bean fragrance, we are... Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You, we, we are called to love our children. And this is the responsibility we have. And we're called to be in a relationship with them. What does this look like? Well, let me share these three ideas with you. Here's the first one. The first way that we can lead relationally, give hugs. It's so important that our children have loving touch from their parents um, and parents, you, 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 if you've got multiple kids, you may have one kid who loves it. Like sometimes you're like, dude, this is like the 400th time today I've given you a hug, but I'm going to give you another one because you want one. And then you've got the other kid who runs away, right? Like I'm trying to give you a hug and they run away. Go, go chase them down, tackle them, make sure you hug them because that, that loving touch from a parent just goes so far with children. And even if they act like they don't want it and they're 45 years old, man, still hug your kid. Give them a kiss on the forehead, a cheek. There's something powerful about this, this touch that a parent can give their child. And so make sure that you're giving hugs to your kids. The second one, uh, second way we can lead relationally is to give your time. Give your time. If you've got any NASCAR lovers out there, you are familiar with a pit crew and you know what their job is. Uh, Greg Morin was the pit crew head coach for Jimmy Johnson back in the day. Jimmy Johnson's, I think, retired now. But here, here's what he said about his pit crew. Here's what he wanted them to do. He says, our goal is to hit a 12-second pit stop, get five lug nuts off, five lug nuts on each wheel, get it full of fuel, and ship it down pit road. Like, this is their job, is to get this done. I'm afraid too many parents do pit stop parenting. What that means is we give our kids like 12 seconds, 12 to 15 seconds throughout the day. So for 12 to 15 seconds, hey, how are you doing? Let me ask you this question. I want you to give me an answer in 12 to 15 seconds, and then we're going to shoot on out. We're going to move on. We're going to go do what we need to do. Now, that's not giving your child your time. And yet too many parents, that's where we find ourselves. Look, if we go back to what Moses says here, he's not talking about pit stop parenting. He's talking about this, this relationship with your child. Again, go back to verse 7. Look what he says. He talks about repeating God's commands. Well, to repeat God's commands, it means you've got to talk to your kids. You've got to be around them over and over again. Uh, he, he talks about talking to your kids in your home, 
he says talking to them on the roads. And I knew we had know we had a little break there for for parents with kids and activities, but seem to be moving back to the way things were before. And and man, we're we're on the road again with our kids. There's an amazing opportunity to to connect with your child and turn off the radio and tell them to put their phones down and and just to have a conversation about life. Instead of pit stop parenting, there's a great chance to talk to our kids. That's a, a relational piece to this. And he talks about talking to them before bed or before they go to bed and when they get up. Moses is like, this is an active way that you can interact with your children. This is an active way that you can connect with them by giving of your time. And when you give your time, you can build that relationship with them. And when you're building that relationship, it, it gets you to this place where you can begin to lead them spiritually too. So invest your time. Number three, uh, give encouragement. Uh, if you've done much reading on um, teenagers during this uh, pandemic, you will know that the rates of anxiety, uh, depression, and, and sadly, suicide have increased dramatically. And, uh, I mean, it, it makes sense because teens are apart from their friends. They are... Um, uh, away from, from healthy adults who, who care about them, places like school. And, and what we find is that the, the teenagers are isolating themselves. And you probably like you got different rules in your house, but maybe in your house you, you allow the, the, the kid to take their, uh, their teenager to take their phone and take their computer and go in the room and kind of shut the door. And, and they're really not just isolating from everybody else, they're isolating from us as, as families too. And then what are they doing in the rooms? Well, they're online, they're on social media, they're reading stuff too about how terrible the world is and the conversations they're having with their friends are, are the same thing, they're all negative. And so we, we kind of act surprised when our kid comes out of the room and their thoughts and their ideas about life and about the world and even about themselves is, is negative. Even us as parents have found ourselves caught in that same, same kind of uh, world too, Right? We're reading negative stuff. We're, we're bringing in negative stuff to our minds through social media, through the news, and, and talking to our own friends. We're missing the, the positive pieces of life. And so our, our minds and souls kind of go to this, this negative, dark place. One of the best things that we can begin to do as parents is, one, to kind of get away from a lot of that ourselves, but then to encourage your kids. I mean, they're already ca caught up in, in all this negative thinking. And the only words sometimes that come out from us are, are words where we're getting on to them, right? We're, we're getting on them because they didn't take a shower and because they didn't pick up their room, because they didn't do the dishes. And you should still do that. But are we, are we interspersing words of encouragement to them? Are, are we using positive language towards our kids? I mean, don't get me wrong. We, we still got to correct, and we got to still keep them moving on the, in the right trajectory. But... But are we encouraging our kids with our words? I know that's hard because you're around them all the time right now. Uh, you, you spend almost every single day with them, if not every day, since this pandemic has began, begun. And, and it can be difficult. But as a parent, that's part of our role. And if we want to lead our kids relationally, if we, if we want them to, to hear what we have to say, then we have to give them encouragement over and over and over again. Give hugs, give your time, give encouragement to your kids. And as I think about that, it takes me back 
to 1 Corinthians. Uh, we've read this the last two weeks. It was on the bumper parts of it a little bit earlier. Earlier, uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. This is what it looks like to lead our kids relationally, to show them this kind of love. And here's what I would tell you to do. I want you to look at this passage again, but then throw the word parenting in there. Parenting is patient. Parenting is kind. Parenting does not envy. Parenting keeps no record of wrongs. Parenting always protects, always trusts, always hopes. Parenting never fails. And when we begin to look at it that way, it's just a reminder. This is what it looks like for us to lead our kids relationally. And when we begin to lead them relationally, it allows us to lead them spiritually too. That's parenting skill number three. And then the last parenting skill is to set boundaries. Um, set boundaries. I've shared this before that there's this motto um, that our, Karen and I use in our home where we tell our kids uh, when things are kind of tense, um, we'll tell them, hey, I just want to remind you, we are not your friends. We are your parents. And, and I know some people don't like that statement. You, you think it's de you know, derogatory towards our, our kids. There's all kinds of opinions on that. That's totally fine. That, that's your opinion. We love our kids, and we want the best for our kids, and we want to be close to our kids, and, and we want to be friends with our kids. But in the end, our job is first and foremost to be their parent. And so to be their parent, we've got to set boundaries in place. We've got to be able to say, and this is what boundaries are, here are the rules in our house, here are the guidelines you need to follow. And, and we've put these in place because we're doing all we can to protect you because I know you don't think we're smart, but we're actually a lot smarter than you are. And so we've put these in place for that purpose. We want to protect you. We want to protect your relationships. We, we want to protect our home. We want to protect our family. And so we put these boundaries, we put these guidelines, guidelines in place for, for you. And so as a parent, we've got to make sure that those, those boundaries are in place. Now, when you have boundaries, you also have to have discipline. I'm not going to spend time talking about discipline because everybody, again, has got a million opinions on that. Um, what I will tell you about discipline is that we've got three kids, all right? And when they were all younger, um, we thought, hey, you know, we have the first kid, and we've kind of figured out discipline here. We had the second kid, and we thought we're going to do the same thing. Did not work <laughs> at all. Two totally different kids. And so we had to come up with a new plan. Then our third kid came, and it was like, okay, kind of a combination of, of the two. But that's what you've got to do as a parent. You've got to figure out what that discipline looks like for you. And now our kids are teenagers, right? We've got three teenagers in our house. And you know what? Discipline has changed for them again. And one kid's different than this kid. And this kid's different than this kid. That's part of this process. That's what makes parenting difficult. It's because we're trying to figure this out. But if you want to be a healthy parent, if you want to be a good parent, if you want to be a parent, I think that that God intends for us to be, you've got to set boundaries for your kids. And not only that, you've got to set discipline in place too. We're trying to build a strong foundation for our children. And we can't do that if we're trying to be their best friends all the time. We've got to remind ourselves our job as a parent is to be a parent. We'll be friends second, but my job is to help guide you. My job is to help you get to this place where you're not dependent on me anymore, where you are fully dependent 
on God. So if you're married, you got to do this together. You have to set those boundaries and that discipline together. You can't have one of you over here and the other one over there. It'll never work. Work together. If you're a single parent and it's you by yourself, I think you have the hardest job out there. I honestly do. Um, you are trying to parent your children on your own. Can I just tell you today, please do not give up. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great work. But you too, set those boundaries, set those disciplines in place, and set that foundation. And, and then if you're divorced, uh, again, if you're co-parenting, I've heard sometimes that you got one parent who, who's pretty, um, pretty strict with boundaries and discipline, and then the other parents, like, they just want to be the best friend. And, man, that doesn't help anybody out. If you're in that situation, if you're co-parenting, you, you got to figure this out together. And you throw step-parents in there. I mean, it's all about conversations and talking to the other parent. So you can set these boundaries. Because, again, your job, if you're trying to follow Jesus, is to get your kids to this place where they're not dependent on you anymore, but they're fully dependent on, on God. Set those boundaries. Put them in place. Um, parenting is hard, and maybe even harder during this pandemic. Uh, whether your kids are young or teenagers or adults, Making sure that you are setting God first in your life, making that the focus is the best thing you can do. Follow Jesus with all you have. And then leading spiritually, leading relationally, set those boundaries, and it can, it can help you be a much better parent. And it'll help you move your kids from being dependent on you to being fully dependent on God. But that takes time. It takes a lot of effort takes a lot of praying, takes a lot of working together with other people to do that, to get to that place. But the reward in the end is so powerful. And if we go back to what Moses says, he's like, hey, this is your starting point. But if you begin here, you're going to influence generations to come. And so for you and for me, if we're parents, if this is our starting point and we're doing all we can to set these foundations in place for our kids, the influence is not just going to be for our kids and not just for our grandchildren, but it'll be for generations to come. If we understand our role is to help our kids move from being dependent on us to being fully dependent on God. Let's pray. God, this morning I pray for our parents that are here in this place. Um, who are watching online today, who may uh, watch this later on this week or weeks down the road. Um, parenting is hard. It is tough. It does take incredible amounts of time. It takes incredible amounts of effort. And so many times we feel like we have fully failed. Uh, but God, please help us understand that we're not failures at this. We're, we're striving to be the best parents that, that we can be. And with your guidance and your direction and your wisdom, God, we can, we can truly get our kids to this place of where they're no longer dependent on, on us, but they're fully dependent on you. 
And I pray that is our goal, because if we can reach that, God, if we can strive for that, it will be the most rewarding gift we could ever get. And so, God, I lift up our parents today, and I pray that you would lead us as we do our best to parent our children. In Jesus' name, amen.